This is Reverend Charles Fenson. I'm the interim pastor at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa, California. This is the morning worship service. Our address is 2850 Fairview Road, Costa Mesa, California, 92626. Our website is pccov.org, and our Facebook page is pccov. And our email is info at pccov.org. We welcome you to this service. Our vision statement is that the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant is a Christ-centered community set free by grace and placed in our neighborhoods to serve and to invite all people into a wondrous relationship with God. God bless you as you worship with us.
Good morning, people of God. Good morning, friends in Christ. Welcome to worship. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. I almost said Westminster Presbyterian Church <laughs> in Westlake Village because I've got the wrong name tag on. That was the last gig I was at. So do you all have your name tags? If you need name tags, raise your hand, Corey. That's the person to get your name tag from. Turn to your neighbor and say, why aren't you wearing your name tag? <laughs> Corey, raise your hand. That's the person you see. That's the per Happy Baptism of the Lord Sunday. We will be coming forward in a few moments later on in the service to pick up our baptismal tokens. We do this every year on Baptism of the Lord Sunday. Raise your hand if you're listening. Raise your hand. Good, 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 good. And I'm so excited because I have my very own clicker. I have a clicker. Doesn't, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Now, we have some visitors here this morning. So, Phyllis, please introduce your visitor. Linda, welcome Linda. Other guests or friends of our church we can introduce. All the way back in the back, stand up, sir. You're back from far away. Stand up and give us your name again. That's Mooney. Here he is. Welcome back, sir. Welcome back. Who is that? Oh, please stand up and introduce yourself again. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Ryan. Nice to see you. Other, and of course, Rob is trying to grab some attention with that broken collarbone, you know, so he's here for that. Everly's confused why all the attention's going to her dad. What's the deal? What's the deal? Uh, we have a full calendar of events in your, in your bulletins. Please consult those. Um, Richard Bueller passed away in December. This is Jeannie's son. Uh, his service will be this afternoon at 2 o'clock. So um, Richard Mueller, young guy, only 55 years old. So um, families gathering, that will be this afternoon at 2. Any other announcements to make? Please consult your bulletins for all the rest. So welcome to Baptism of the Lord Sunday. Please stand and say hello to at least three people. Three people. <laughs> Okay, can we come to order? And now that you're all back in your places, would you please stand as the choir calls us to worship? would join me in the responsive call. A voice came out of the cloud saying, 
This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. Sing and bless God's name. Proclaim God's glory to the nations, God's marvelous deeds to all people. Holy God, you sent your Son to be baptized among sinners, to seek and save the lost. May we, who have been baptized in his name, never turn away from the world, but reach out in love to rescue the wayward by the mercy of Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now we'll join together in singing, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Please be seated, and may we have all the boys and girls, children, young at heart, students, come on up. Nice to see all of you, all of you. Today is Baptism of the Lord Sunday. And we're talking about water. 
today. I wonder if you boys and girls and students can tell us where you see water in the world. Yes. The ocean? The ocean. Yes. Rivers. Lakes, rivers. The faucet. The faucet. What's that? Ice cubes. I don't want Everly to take one of these and put them in her mouth. So are you watching? Are you watching? Okay. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you for handing them out. Um, I saw some water this morning in the mountains. Did you see those? Snow. Yes, I saw the snow in the mountains. You, you saw the snow up close and personal, didn't I you? I felt the snow. You felt the snow. And the ice. And the ice. So snow, ice. So that's what we see water in the world. How do we use water? We wash ourselves. We, we drink. Here's some water. Here I raise my Ebenezer. What's an Ebenezer? An Ebenezer is a stone, so we will all be getting baptismal stones. Everly's bringing them out. Come on up. Come on. Take a baptismal stone. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's one red one here. Who wants the red one? You have a broken one? So today we're going to remember the story of John the Baptist who was out by the what river? Jordan River. And John the Baptist wore camel's hair there's a camel. You see the camel? Notice the camel's posing. <laughs> Who's the guy on the camel? Oh, is that right? Can you tell the difference between the guy on the camel and the actual camel? <laughs> I'm sitting on top. Can you imagine wearing a camel hair coat? and a big leather belt around his waist. And he was baptizing people in the Jordan River. Now, you've all had your eye out on this, haven't you? Finally, Pastor Charles got some jelly beans. Actually, actually, Deke and Kathy got the jelly beans. The last one's on the aisle, is that right? You get one, you get one jelly bean. I get one? One jelly bean. One, the one you touch, you take. Yeah, don't, don't, you touch, you take. take. 
So we're going to have a traveling prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, as these jelly beans remind us of our baptisms today, we pray that we might love you and serve you in the world this week. Thank you for each boy and girl. Thank you for their schools and their teachers. Thank you that they can come to this church and learn more about you. Please be with Rob as he is on the mend. And we're glad that Ryan is here with us today. And all God's people said, Amen. So if you want more jelly beans, you need to come to my office and you need to have a penny. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. 
What a beautiful name it is, the name of 
never come close Nothing can compare You're our living home Your presence I've tasted and seen Of the sweetest of loves Where my heart becomes free And my shame is Fill the atmosphere
Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Remember that our Lord Jesus Christ can sympathize with us in our weakness, since in every respect he was tempted as we are, and yet without sin. Let us then with boldness approach the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Let us confess our sins against God and neighbor together. Holy and merciful God, in your presence we confess our sinfulness, our shortcomings, and our offenses against you. You alone know how often we have sinned, in wandering from your ways, in wasting your gifts, in forgetting your love. Have mercy on us, O Lord, for we are ashamed and sorry for all we have done to displease you. Forgive our sins, and help us to live in your light and walk in your ways for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to you in the name of Christ Jesus, you are forgiven. May the God of mercy who forgives all of your sins strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep you in eternal life. Amen. seated.
Thank you, choir. We have two scripture lessons before us on this baptism of the Lord's Sunday. The first from Genesis chapter 1. Let us listen for God's word to us. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Our second lesson is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the river Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Word of the Lord. Let us pray. O God, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of all of our hearts, be pleasing to you. We pray and worship and now listen through Christ our Lord. Amen. We began last week with Epiphany of the Lord's Sunday, January 6th. And we are celebrating with Christ's people everywhere in this Epiphany season a manifestation of a new beginning. The gospel of Jesus Christ is now extending beyond Jewish borders, and this good news that we heard about last Sunday coming to us through Magi from the East. During the season of Epiphany, we will read and hear of events where Jesus was made known. For example, next week, as the gospel lesson describes Jesus from John chapter 2, who one day turned water into wine the first of his signs to the world, the opening volley of the Christ manifested as God's anointed one, as God's Messiah now for all. And this Jesus is recognized by such people as John the baptizer, the disciples, and a growing number of folk whom Jesus taught and healed. Today, this epiphany theme of God's loving purpose being shown to the world at the very beginning in our Lord's baptism. So in both events in creation in Genesis 1 and Christ's baptism in Mark 1, 
we see God's Spirit at work in these epiphany beginnings. So let's look at Genesis 1. Genesis 1 is the first and one of the most familiar words of Scripture in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. So the beginning of the world's story features three elements. First, there is the dark, formless, disordered, watery chaos. The writer describes it in Genesis 1-2, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. All the while, a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. The story of the earth's beginnings as a watery chaos is ominous, threatening, rebellious, destitute. The imagery of a surging water. When I lived in Portland, we would take visitors out to Multnomah Falls, all along riding on I-84, looking to our left to the mighty Columbia River. And we looked out over those relentless white-capped waters, the sheer force of that river chop, especially on a winter weekend like this one. This Columbia River seething and surging manifests what unbridled power of many waters is like. The stirring power that can't be managed or channeled or domesticated or resisted. That's the dark, formless, watery chaos the first feature of creation. The second feature of this story of a new beginning is the uncreated God. The uncreated God. God has no point of origin, no antecedents. God is simply there from the outset. The Westminster Shorter Catechism that every 17th century Presbyterian minister knew well, asks in the fourth question, what is God? And the answer comes, God is infinite spirit, eternal, unchangeable in being, wisdom, power, holy, good, and true. There it is. God is infinite God having no beginning. That was hard to understand as a child. Even more difficult now. The uncreated God undertaking the inexplicable, creating the heavens and the earth, and not only creating all that we see and do not see, but ordering that creation, forming it, shaping it, willing it, decreeing it, and summoning a place for, for life. God unanxiously, deliberately fashions a world that will someday contain life. Watery chaos, uncreated God, creating a context for life. Third feature of this creation account is wind. The older, familiar Hebrew word for spirit. The writer describes this third feature as a moving spirit. It's the ruach. A wind from God swept over the face of the waters a graphic picture of God blowing over the waters, making life space, dry land. So this life-giving, life-protecting ruach from the mouth of God, this wind, this breath, this moving spirit joins the watery chaos and the uncreated creating God brings the world 
the heavens and earth to life. In the third verse in Genesis 1, God now speaks for the first time. Oops. God speaks in bold, confident, sovereign voice. This is the voice of the Creator, the ruler that will be obeyed. Then God said, and this is the first word, let there be light. And it was obeyed. This is the God whom the Apostle Paul describes in Romans 4 as the one who calls into existence all things that do not exist. After creating light, God saw the light was good. And God separated the night from the darkness, day and night, and God called them all good. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. A few years ago, I attended a boundary training conference. And the presenter, who was a United Church of Christ pastor from Massachusetts, pointed up to us, and this was new then for me, the Hebrew notion of day begins in the evening. The writer tells us in verse 5 that there was evening and then morning the first day. There was evening and morning and second day in that order. We think in our world that the day ends with rest. The Hebrew heart and mind said that the day begins with rest. So rest is not a reward for a day's work. Rest precedes work and is a requirement to work. So our Sabbath, our daily Sabbath, begins in the evening. Weekly Sabbath, seasonal Sabbath, absolutely required for our work. In fact, the day starts with rest. There was evening and there was morning the first day. So do you take your Sabbath rest? Do you? Notice finally from this Genesis 1 text that the creation is a balance between light and dark. Both are named after each created day. Dark first, then light. There was evening, there was morning. Day one, day two, day three. That means that God created a balanced, ordered, reliable world. A world that rest, evening is valued. After the flood, God promises to Noah a recreated world of seed time and harvest, of cold and heat, of summer and winter, of day and night, that will be a home for God's creation. I've been rereading a thoughtful two-volume work on the history of my alma mater, Princeton Seminary, by David Calhoun. During the 19th century, there was a huge debate over the then-new Darwinian view of evolution. Evolution permeated every academic discipline, including theology, and the question was put to pastors and professors, how much of Genesis' creation story is to be taken literally and how much is figurative? Schools wrote and churches debated and some were even charged and tried. But all the conservatives in the old school and all the progressives in the new school agreed on two things in this creation story. And the two truths are this, that God created it all and God orders it all. In the beginning, God created, and in the beginning, God ordered. That gives me great hope. We live in a world created by God. Every tree, every mountain, every ocean, from the microorganism at the bottom of the sea 
to the distant galaxy 50 million light years away has stamped on it made by God. Christians should be at the forefront of environmental issues, for example, because all creation was made and belongs to God, and we pass God's creation on to God's children, our children. And not only does God make it all good, but God orders it all good. So when we see nations go off to war, witness the North African nations, today's Sudan, or civil war in in Syria, or unrest in Egypt, when we see children go hungry, that sadness besets our heart, but we know behind this disorder and confusion is a God who controls and purposes good for God's creation. A God who carries forth the work of a creation that was pronounced good from the beginning is indeed good. So hopeful are we, said the Apostle Paul, we are co-workers for justice and peace with God who still works for that justice and peace of God's creation. So we share that with our office colleagues, our neighbors in the streets, with family that God loves all creation in Christ and we are co-workers with God bringing them back to their Creator. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the creating God, let there be light, the ordering God, day and night. Very excited about this clicker. Aren't you? Yes. The description of our Lord's baptism by John of the River Jordan contains many of the same elements of the creation story. There's water, there's God's Spirit. We hear in the baptismal narrative a voice, God's voice. It's a good blessing. You are my son, the beloved with you, my child, my loved one with you. I am well pleased. Baptism, beloved. It's another epiphany voice, isn't it? Something newly created, as Jesus begins His purposeful three-year ministry. For many of this moment, our Lord's baptism is a new age, a new order. Now, all four Gospel writers describe Jesus' baptism by His cousin John. Mark's treatment of the baptism story, by contrast to Luke and Matthew and John, is exceedingly thin, lean, Mark shows no interest in the content of John's preaching like Luke does, or having John distinguish his identity from that of Jesus like John's gospel. Nothing is said by Mark of our Lord's authority is greater than John like Matthew. Mark is not concerned with making sure that John decreases while our Lord increases again like John's gospel. Rather, for Mark, Our Lord's baptism will tell us something new. In His baptism by John, the last of the Hebrew prophets signals that Jesus is the last of Israel's long prophetic history, but now a revelation. Jesus coming out of the water, a voice came from heaven, and the voice says two things to Jesus. You are my son, you are my beloved, And secondly, with you, I am well pleased. Now, if we learn two truths from Genesis 1, the creation story, that God creates and God orders, we are encouraged by two truths from this baptism story in Mark 1. 
We're going to be soon reaffirming our own baptismal covenants or promises. I would first have us reflect on two truths. First, God set God's love on the beloved Jesus at His baptism. Jesus is God's beloved one. God so loved the Son that God said to that Son, with you I am well pleased. Our Lord receives God's pleasure not because He earns it or deserves it. He certainly deserves it, but rather because He is God's Son. For Mark, the reminder of our Lord's Sonship comes at crucial, challenging points in His three-year ministry. You remember the mysterious transfiguration, the spooky story that we're going to look out in a few weeks. Another voice from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. At our Lord's trial, the high priest questions Jesus, are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? A Roman officer, having witnessed Jesus' death, declared, truly this man was God's Son. If God did not love the Son, there is no good news for us. There is no Christian faith, no community of the faithful. At Jesus' baptism, at many points thereafter, God says of Jesus, You are my Son, my Beloved. I take pleasure in you. A second truth is good news only because the first is true, and that is as we are united with Christ in His baptism, as we are identified with Christ in baptism, we are also people with whom God is well-pleased. God is pleased with us. How can that be? I'm proud. I'm self-centered. I'm closed-hearted. I make mistakes. I sin. That's still true. But when we come to God in true contrition, as we do so every Sunday morning in worship, God, forgive me. God, heal me. God, reconcile me to you and to others not because I earn it or deserve it. No, friends in Christ, God is pleased with us because we are united, we are baptized, another word for united, because we are baptized with Him in His death, we will be united with Him in His resurrection. Romans 6, the Son, Jesus, receives God's pleasure because He is God's child, and we receive God's pleasure because we have been united with Him in baptism. So today on Baptism of the Lord's Sunday, the Gospel for us is that when God sees you this morning, when God sees Jane, when God sees Marsha, when God sees Jim, God doesn't see you, God sees God's Son. And as God takes pleasure in the Son, God takes pleasure in the daughters and the sons united with Him by faith. God is pleased with us. So we come to the reaffirmation of our baptismal promises. It's all together right. We do this as a community of faith. You may not remember your baptisms, but you can see in your mind's eye your parents bringing you forward or you may have been baptized as a young person as I was, or maybe you were baptized as an older person. Perhaps you've never been formally baptized. If you haven't, talk to me. 
But you know God's Ruach, God's Spirit in Christ has stirred your hearts to faith. So we come today with these simple symbols and we will take them and hold them in our hand. How many have them from last year? You'll have two now. Or if you have a loved one who is not here today, a family member that you might want to take one or two for them, we have three stations. You can come to any one you want. You see, the good news today is that God keeps covenant. In Christ, God keeps promise. Our baptisms say so. So may God be pleased, well pleased with you and me as we are baptized and beloved in Christ. Our spirits are baptized, and so we are. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the promises of our God abide forever. Amen. I found my offering. It wanders around. You have heard the gospel preached. We now respond to the good news of God in Christ by waiting upon you for our morning tithes, offerings, pledges for 2019. Ushers, please come forward.
be seated. So a little Hebrew lesson, a little Greek lesson. The word repent, shuv, in Hebrew means to turn or return. We turn from the ways of sin and we turn back to God. That's Hebrew repentance. The Greek word is where we get our word metamorphosis, that butterflies become new creations. So the Greek New Testament kind of expands turning to becoming, to becoming. So our renunciation, affirmation, and question, baptismal questions, are in three parts. Uh, We're going to renounce the ways of sin and evil. We're going to affirm our faith and then uh, make promises to God and then come forward. So first, the renunciations. Do you renounce all evil and powers in the world which defy God's righteousness and love? I I renounce them. them. Do you renounce the ways of sin that separate you from the love of God? I I do do renounce them. them. And do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior? I do. Please rise. That was your fault. That's still your fault. And will you be Christ's faithful disciple by obeying his word and showing his love to your life's end? I I will with God's help. And now with the whole church, we confess our beliefs and our faiths. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, body and the, the life everlasting. everlasting. Amen. Today you have publicly professed your faith. Will you be a faithful member of this congregation, share in its worship and ministry through your prayers and gifts, your study and service, and so fulfill your calling to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? I will with God's help. We invite you now to come forward to any one of these three stations and receive your baptismal tokens.
I would like you to take your baptismal symbols home and put them on your mantle or on your desk or by your nightstand. So you'll remember two things today. You'll remember your promises that you've made to God in faith. But more importantly, the promises that God makes to you, that you now don't belong to yourselves. You don't belong to this church. You don't belong to this world. You really belong to God, to God. So God bless you as you remember that you belong to God. So let us offer the prayer that our Lord has taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Before we sing our final hymn, let us be in silent prayer for the prayers of our world, our country, our church, our friends and family. Let us pray. Gather all these prayers into your loving heart, O God, and seal them in the courts of heaven. We offer them through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us rise and sing together, baptized in water.
now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one this day, this night, in the season of Epiphany and forevermore. Amen.
This is Pastor Charles Fenson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you.